I had always nurtured the vision of a university scientist as someone with broader interests than a scientist who worked in industry. The knowledge of science was balanced with a solid knowledge of the humanities and social sciences, and a working knowledge of at least one foreign language. My parents had been second-generation Poles, and while they spoke and understood Polish, they spoke only proper, careful English at home. I discovered many years later that my father had experienced prejudice while he worked for the Postal Service. While he consistently had the highest grades on the civil service examination, he was looked over for promotion because the postmaster could choose any one of the top three candidates. The young Pole was never his choice, and my father finally left to rise to general manager of a large tool and die company, and then to form his own tool and die business. It was crucial for my parents that we speak English. Of course, little did we know that our perfect English was distorted by that unique Pawtucket accent. My mother wasn't about to abandon our Polish culture entirely. She insisted we attend her Polish Catholic school. Lessons were in English, but morning and afternoon prayers were always in Polish. It was amazing when, as an adult, I saw the words that went with the sounds I had memorized— The pauses did not always mark the beginning and end of real words. It wasn't possible to recall that string of sounds I uttered as a boy. I really knew no Polish, or so I thought. My first confession as a Catholic had to be done in Polish, and I apparently was able to confess enough to earn absolution. I might have selected my sins so I could confess them in Polish— Despite such events, I left the school in the seventh grade convinced that I knew no Polish. A few years later, Sputnik happened. Suddenly, we could save America by becoming scientists. Of course, good competition meant learning Russian to meet Russian scientists on their own turf. Russian dutifully appeared in my college curriculum. I could read a little Polish and knew the sounds that went with those incredible combinations of consonants that often make Polish names unpronounceable to the uninitiated. It was fascinating to see that a single letter in the Cyrillic alphabet made the same sound as a Polish consonant array. The Russian alphabet matched the sounds. The Latin letters of the Polish had been combined and twisted to match these same Slavic sounds. Although I couldn't speak the language, I already knew the Polish and the Russian phonemes. A bigger surprise waited. In my third semester of Russian, the professor knew both Polish and Russian. He was intrigued that I spoke Russian with a Polish accent. The Polish accent doesn't move. The Russian accent does. Although it seems like a simple distinction, I couldn't hear the difference. Being a little shy, I became reluctant to speak at all and speaking is essential to mastering a language. Although Russian had not been a great success, it did plant the idea that my brain had stored the Polish language with its sounds and acceptable accent somewhere in the depths of my brain. It would take only the proper stimulus to bring it out. Then the Russian language would follow normally. I'd have two languages for the price of one. In science, research discoveries are shared within the scientific disciplines at meetings. Scientists from all over the world attend such meetings. 
I had shifted my emphasis to a mathematical study of nerve excitation in the general area of biophysics. To my absolute delight, an international biophysics congress was scheduled in Moscow. In those days of the Cold War, Moscow was not a major tourist attraction. The Russians assumed any foreigner, especially one from the United States, had to be a spy. However, the Russian government did want scientists to visit so they could showcase the accomplishments of their own scientists. Of course, some agency or other had to assume that we were all potential spies.